Welcome to Jurassic World. Welcome to Jurassic World Minute, where we discuss Jurassic World one minute at a time. Why Universal? Why? I'm Brad. And if And on this minute we're discussing Minute 82 of Jurassic World. Uh, it's not a good minute, but before we get to there, on a light note, uh, heading over to Jurassic-Peter.com, we've got an article here up by Sickle Claw on that penthouse building from Jurassic, <laughs> Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous Season 3. The skyscraper in the middle of the jungle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oddly enough, <laughs> and it looks like them too. I mean, we got the picture here on the main, on the main top of the article, and it looks like a basically glass and steel structure sitting there in literally, as you said, the middle of the jungle. <laughs> I don't know. If, uh, has anyone taken a look at the CG model and seen how many stories it is? I'm just looking. Um, through. I don't think we have. No. Actually, I'm guessing the penthouse. So you normally have a penthouse level where this is a penthouse building. So you'd think the whole each level would be a different penthouse just for size. I'll just try and remember the episode now where I there's still hallways. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it must be hallways, but usually the definition of a penthouse is you have the whole top floor to yourself. Yeah, which yeah, which is again weird. It's a penthouse <laughs> building. And in the way it's um, adorned with all the uh, the gold and that sort of stuff, in the extravagance inside as well. And then even weirder, the, the sub-basement with all the limos in it, where you'd think if you're going to have VIPs there, you'd have some sort of special um, single-seat monorail or something mm-hmm. to be able to get the VIPs around and not a car. <laughs> and then each of those VIP limos will need a chauffeur, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so maybe maybe the bottom level's just made up of um, chauffeur residents. <laughs> they can be ready to go on the call of... Uh, it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. Another, but, uh, another time around the park, Bitterman. <laughs> uh, shall I make lunch for you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so head over to com for, uh, for that article and many more going up at the moment on uh, Camp Cretaceous and... Uh, and yeah, everything else Jurassic related. So I see you already got your wristbands, and this is for food. And Czar here is going to take great care of you until I'm done working tonight, okay? David, are we ready to get into 82? Yeah. All right. 
Mid-82 of Jurassic World opens with Hoskins overlooking the Terror on Main Street and ends with the Mosasaur grabbing a Tronodon out of the sky. Um, there's, there's really only one thing to discuss this minute, and that's uh, the demise of Zara. Um, we open with the boys making it back to the resort as Zara follows them, telling them to stop running. And as they come out on the Main Street, there's still people running everywhere, and the Tronodons are still picking people up. But everyone seems to be too heavy, which is weird. What we get here with one Tyrannodon being able to pick up Zara. She is sh- kind of short and thin, so she might weigh like only less than 100 pounds. Mm, true, true. But you got to wonder too, we, we mentioned earlier with the, uh, the petting zoo and the children there, how many teenagers' children are getting picked up <laughs> and, and taken away? Don't want to think about that. Yeah, <laughs> again, the, you got the people here to have a have a large death count, and all we get is some boo boos and bandaged heads <laughs> later on in the film. When there's got to be, there had to have been more more going on that we don't see on on the film. But we get a three hundred sixty degree shot here of the chaos as uh, Gray goes to run, but Zach grabs him, pulls him back just as a Tronodon swoops by, uh, snapping its beak where Gray was once standing. And Zara's standing beside him and yells, uh, don't just stand there, and is suddenly picked up by a Tronodon, <laughs> so comedically, uh, don't do what she was just doing, because uh, she got picked up, and going off the CG model, they all look about the same size, and mm-hmm. you mentioned before that she's maybe a little bit smaller, smaller framed, uh, a bit lighter. I just wish that we'd seen a couple of people be picked up and carried away earlier, so we knew that risk was there. Mm-hmm. We, know, we know from Jurassic Park 3 that those ones would be able to pick up Eric and carry him away, but they were a lot bigger than mm-hmm. what we got here. Uh, and Eric is probably smaller as well. Yeah, half the size again, yeah. Yep. Um, but I just would have loved to see that danger, because at the moment we've seen um, them come in, the, the Demorphodons come in and uh, land on people and start chewing on them <laughs> on the hand, but the threat of being picked up and carried away hasn't really been seen yet. But... Mm-hmm. But yeah, she's uh, she's picked up into the air and um, without <laughs> much effort at all. And uh, let's go of a handbag, which is the one weapon that she had. <laughs> she would have been able to swing up and at least try and hit it in the head. But it, uh, we get focused on her getting carried away. Um, another Trinidon flies in and tries to steal her from the first one. And it lets go. And then she's caught by another animal in free fall, which I'm pretty sure dislocate your legs. <laughs> so... She's now... Now uh, your leg, I mean, definitely give you a bad whiplash, you know? Yeah, yeah. Plus, with how heavy she is uh, and how hard the Trenodon's got to hang on, there's this claws-piercing skin here mm-hmm. to hang on as well. Um, it's not just being picked up and... Uh, yeah. But uh, we get that close-up from above the Trenodon as it's flying over Main Street and out over the lagoon, which I really love the shot of um, just that aerial going over the lagoon as everyone's still running uh, around Main Street. And she's being held there uh, upside down by mm-hmm. her legs. And then it, it drops her, but we see it starting to drop her while it's still over the concrete at Main Street. And <laughs> thankfully she falls in the water because otherwise that would have been messy. Like, beyond PG-13 messy. <sighs> It might not have been as instantaneous as what we get like uh, as well. Uh, She's screaming off the ground with <laughs> broken limbs. Um, it is a 
the, the height being deceptive here, how high they actually are both mainstream. And as you said, yeah, when she's let go, you're sort of biting your nails. It, it does look like she's going to splat on the concrete, but no, she um, keeps on falling, does that sort of twist and lands out in the lagoon, which it's a shame they showed this in the trailers because the Mosasaur is probably not the one thing you're thinking of here. Uh, you think, oh, great, she landed in the water. Yes, okay, she's going to have claw holes in her shoulders and legs but and maybe some um, sprained ankles, but she's not going to be dead. <laughs> well, interestingly, they originally were not shown in the trailers. I remember the TV spots. The first time we ever found out that Zara dies like this is because they forgot to edit out the um, Zara's arm from mm. underneath the Pteranodon when the Mosasaurus snaps out down on the Pteranodon. Yeah, and true. people noticed that in the HD trailer, and then they took the trailer down, edited out the arm, and then put it back up. Mm. But by then it was too late. We all saw, we'd all seen yeah. it. All the close-ups of that arm sticking out behind the, the Pteranodon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, we knew, <laughs> going into the film, we knew that was coming. But one thing, I, another thing I do love here is when she splashes into that lagoon, we cut underwater, and just the score, all the sound just completely drops out, apart from that sort of bubbly, bubbly noise. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then the Pteranodon's diving into the water either side of her. just looks fantastic. Which, interestingly, was a behavior they actually did. They would die. They could dive into the water to catch fish and stuff. And I think they actually portray that in Fantasia. Okay. They they show the pteranodon in the 1940 Disney movie during the Rite of Spring act. The pteranodon are shown like diving into the water and then picking up fish, which is interesting because most depictions of pteranodon at that point showed them hanging either hanging from trees or like um picking things up with their feet neither of which they did it makes you wonder too with uh this being instinct if they had a water source in the aviary deep enough for them to be able to do this or if they're just doing it off instinct diving under the water it might be instant, but at the same time, I mean, and you brought up this shot of the, of the, from underwater. And I got to say that uh, dives deep into my nightmares because <laughs> I just have, I mean, it's not really a phobia, but I just ha- kind of have this irrational fear of water that goes on forever and being deep and blue like this. You know, oh, yeah, you're, you're not sure what's going to come out of that blue. Yeah. Yeah, as clear as the water is, yeah, there's no there's no backing, there's no wall, there's no bottom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, one thing I hate about swimming pools is the deep end. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you can see from the overhead shot when the Tronodon drops Zara that there's, like, rocks and sandy in a sandy bottom that goes down fast. Mm. You know? Well, yeah, she's not so that far. There's kind and... of a sandy bottom, but you know, with rocks and stuff, but you can't see it in this shot. Mm. And they're not far out from the boundary of the lagoon either, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, although they're not near the feeding shoulder, so there's no reason to believe that there's a viewing area underneath the promenade there either. Um, it must be just the Mosasaur show. Mm-hmm. But one of those uh, dives dives under the water and 
uh, catches her in a beak and um, carries her through to water and all you can hear is her muffled screams, <laughs> bubbly screams in the water, which again, horrific. And they, they break the water and she takes a big breath and continues to scream. Uh, and then she falls out of Trinidon's beak and back into the water again. And here again, just being picked up, being in the beak of the Trinidon, being carried through the water, uh, picked up, dropped, picked up again. It's causing it's causing trauma here. Because <laughs> <laughs> we follow her underwater again as she's, the screams are muffled and the uh, Trinidon start fishing through the water. And grabs her in its beak again. And that's when we cut back to Main Street for a moment as the boys run up to the fence to watch, seemingly completely forgetting about the danger around them. Because now here there are two boys in the open and uh, easily being able to be picked up if the Trinidon's seen them there. But I know this is also a little goofier too. You can see those amber glass towers at the end of Main Street behind them and the glass hasn't been broken. We've seen that Trinidon fly through earlier, so... Unless that was a different different area, but I'm pretty sure those towers are only at the, the end of Main Street. Yeah. But we cut back to Zara, uh, being dunked under the water again as the Trinidon keeps trying to uh, pick her up, but um, instead starts to fl- uh, flap its wings and grabs her by the legs again, leaving the water. And that's when the Mosasaur bursts from the lagoon, mouth open, uh, carrying Zara and the Trinidon up into the air <laughs> before snapping its mouth shut. As we've mentioned before, we, uh, we've seen... Her arm in the uh, one of the original teasers, but as the minute ends, the motorcycle falls back to the water, taking its lunch with it. And I do love the shot here of the mosasaur, um kind of groaning as it uh, just kind of lets itself fall with gravity back into the water. Mm. Yeah, while the initial attack might be quick, it is still a massive animal, and it, <laughs> it takes time mm-hmm. to lose its momentum and then fall back, fall back into the water again. Um, yeah, and that does kind of like add to the weight of the Mosasaur. And it's sort of it's weird how much this scene, how much we focus. <laughs> like when we seen the Trinidons pick Zara up and carry her away, we could have cut from that immediately to her being dropped in the water and then the Mosasaur coming up front leaf and biting. Just the brutality of <laughs> seeing so much of her being put through the ringer. I know there was a lot of discussion at the mm-hmm. time and even now of sexist <laughs> take, I mean some it. did kind of call that but at the same time I would argue that Jurassic Park movies have always had unfair deaths you know I mean well, going as far back as um, Eddie in the Lost World he didn't deserve to die and that him between him and um, uh, him and Udesky being two of the sort of not bad people to uh, be brutally killed, <laughs> murdered by dinosaurs, and then exactly a lot, of, a lot of them just being your your villain of the film or the bloodsucking lawyer, <laughs> which wasn't a villain of Jurassic Park, but he 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 got it pretty bad too, getting pulled off that toilet. Mm-hmm. And then not to mention, well, we said before how better it might have been falling that height on the pavement, where he she's still alive in that mouth when it goes underwater. It, obviously, once a Mosasaur's underwater, it's probably going to spit the train on out and have another bite of it, much like we've seen with the shark mm-hmm. earlier. And that's when that inflow of water would probably come in and wash her down into its gullet and she'd be drowning that way. But it, it's sort of funny at the time. I remember there was some fan art getting around of uh, her, or Zara, and the um, the Indominus in the, in the Mosasaur's stomach with a little lantern 
uh, <laughs> reminiscent of Moby Dick. <laughs> I do remember that, yeah. Yeah. Because, oh, yeah, I don't... Yeah. Being pecked apart by the Tranodons, getting swallowed whole by the, the Mosasaur, or, or falling onto the pavement, I don't know which one I'd prefer. I, I don't want any of them. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, is there a D, none of the above there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when we're focused on a death like this for Zara, which she was Claire's assistant, trying to plan her wedding, even though all that was cut out of the film, made her look mm-hmm. like she cared more about a phone than the boys, and the boys just wanted to ditch her. Uh, and then later, for the end of the film, when we get Hoskins, the main villain for the film, and he gets his arm bit off, and then some blood on the wall. We don't see much of it from memory, so it's it's definitely not focused on as much as what this is. Yeah, it's still it's still hard to <laughs> it was hard to rewatch <laughs> this death. Anything else on on that before we get to the novel comparisons? Uh, no, I think we're good. All right, uh, the attack pretty much happens the same way it does in the film. We don't get as much of it described, and also we don't get anything about the boys seeing it happen either. So. I don't think they're all there watching it all happen. But as Zara's dropped into the water also, you can see that dark shadow of the Mosasaur under the water below. Even though we knew what was coming from the trailer, not seeing that shape as she's dropped in the water um, doesn't make you think about the Mosasaur in the film until we see it burst from the water at the end. Mm-hmm. And again, sort of hides that it's there, and that's how she's going to go out. But That's, uh, that's Minute 82. Bit of a sad one. Um, the carnage is going to continue in 83 before uh, Owen, and, Owen and the crew get on scene with their tranquilizer darts and start taking some of these animals out. Mm-hmm. Dave, there isn't anything else. We'll get out of here for the day. All right. <laughs> 